Six Nations. Two Kiwis. You're listening to the Six at Six special podcast with Pat Courtney and Brent Pope. With thanks to Honda. Power of Dreams. Exclusively on Radio Nova. Brent Pope is with me now. We've got a few things to talk about. Brent, we're going into this Six Nations uh, as favourites. Mentally, how are we handling that? Are we grown up enough? <laughs> this has been my greatest acorn, Pat, about Irish sport, not just rugby in general. There's always been this presumption that Ireland don't live with the tag, a favourites tag, easily. And it's probably had some, uh, has some relevance in the history whereby... Don't put that tag on because they're going to choke. But, I mean, over the last few years, I mean, the likes of Roy Keane, Conor McGregor now, Sonia O'Sullivan, of course, Brian O'Driscoll and Paul O'Connell have really stood up and said, look, you know, we have the teams. We're not there just to compete and to make up numbers. We're there to win. And you're looking at an Irish rugby team in rude good health with another, a, a number of their players uh, back and available through the rotation system that the likes of England are even losing players. Wales have lost half, half their team. So this is a real opportunity for, for Ireland to go after a Grand Slam. And I think, look, they won't shout it out loud, but that's the way they'll be thinking. That's the way Joe Smith will be thinking that, you know, win this first match, the other three at home, Italy, Wales and Scotland at home, then the big one, which will be England. So that's what, that's what we're gearing up for. But absolutely, I think, you know, go with that tags, structure stuff, they beat the All Blacks, they've beaten Australia, beaten South Africa, beaten Argentina, go over to, to France with confidence in Paris that you're going to get a result. Not being cocky, but being favourites, you know. I've, I have something new for you this time around, Brent. Oh, thank you. Pat's panel. Oh, Pat's panel, yeah, okay. I, I have three of the four provinces covered. I haven't <laughs> found like myself For me, Stend is a coronation street. <laughs> Pat's pa- featuring Pat's panel. I want to introduce you to Alex. Alex is my Leinster man. Yeah. Cards on the table. Who's going to win the Six Nations? Pat, if I'm completely honest with you, it's going to be Scotland this year. Why? I think just the form that they're going into. I think they've recently brought in Gregor Townsend, who did an unbelievable job with Glasgow. They've only just beaten Australia there in the Autumn Series. I think they lost New Zealand by one try. Uh, yeah, but I mean, these days anyone could beat Australia. I mean, <laughs> I know, but they beat them in their own backyard as well over the summer when they were missing all their lions. Yeah, that's and true. also, and also, they barely lost New Zealand. I'm sure we we almost celebrate. <laughs> you know, we you would have thought we won the World Cup when we beat New Zealand, even when we almost lost them. So look, they're on the right track. They beat us last year as well. Beat us comfortably. And uh, look, they're going up and up, and I just think we, we've stagnated a bit. Big call, big yeah, call. Uh, yeah, big call. Especially coming from a Leinster man who, with a lot of the uh, Leinster players, of course, been in the Irish team. That's that's a big call. Scotland could fire a shot. It, it's based on two things, though, Pat. Really, one, their form away from home. I mean, some of these wins, yes, they can talk about that Australia, but you're quite right, Australia aren't the team they were a few years ago, and Scotland beat them over there. They had other distractions. Again, when they ran the All Blacks very close and probably should have won that game only, but uh, Bowden Barrett ran, ran down Hogg in the last couple of minutes. They were at home and it was the end of the season. Sometimes people get a bit of carried away with these end of season results. The other thing about it is that Scotland have already had a couple of players pull out. Uh, I see Richie Gray has gone this week or whatever. They are very reliant on key players. And if they lose like, the likes of Finn Russell, if they lose, you know, Hogg, of course, if they use Barkley, a couple of these uh, players, they're not the same team. If they can stay together as a unit with a very good coach, yeah, they can do the damage. I don't believe that they'll win it, though. I think a good position for them will be third. I think it'll be between England and Ireland, absolutely. I think Scotland there will find it out for a while as a third. I sadly think France and, and Italy will bring up the, the tail end. 
I think um, their supporters will probably win the socialising. I think their supporters will probably do what they usually do and win the undivided attention of every female in every country that they visit. <laughs> but uh, we don't have a hope, you know. <laughs> That's because of the kilts thing. That's exactly. It, but, uh, yes, you know. No, I think that, look, they're on the rise, no doubt about it. I mean, you know, and, and the Scottish, before the Scottish start throwing stuff at, at the radio, I mean, they're on the rise <laughs> and they've had a good season, but I just think they are, they are heavily reliant on their players staying sound and fit. Um, and unlike Joe Schmidt, he can't fill, you know, they can't fill, Townsend can't fill a lot of those gaps with, with, with equally quality players. So, yeah, they'll be, they'll be there or thereabouts. Six Nations, two Kiwis. The Six at Six with Pat Courtney and Brent Pope. With thanks to the all-new Honda Civic Diesel. Exclusively on Radio Nova. Hey, Trevor, Popey here. Right, Paul. Sorry, I just missed that call. <laughs> no, look, I know you're under pressure from uh, Paula to go oh, down man. the shopping. So you're live now, anyway. So don't be uh, given out to her for making <laughs> you go and do the, it, yeah. do the shop. A few people coming over from Ireland have to get the bacon sausage rashers and the black white pudding <laughs> in. You know, you know yourself, Paul. How's the pub breakfast. going? Oh, yeah, two pubs now. We opened a new one there in, in September. So yeah, out the door. Yeah, I know you. The, the old, uh, yeah, the Irish spirit. You know yourself, an Irish pub. You can stick an Irish pub in China and. They'd come flooding in for the pints and the and the, the bit of crack. And so a bit there. of a bit of free advertising here. So you're the Brennan's one. That's in the place where you live. And where's where's the other one you've opened? Castle Jeanette, and then we opened another one out in uh, Say in Blagnac, right beside Airbus. So oh. we've got a lot of thirsty English, Welsh, <laughs> Scottish lads coming in at, after work. So. Oh, well, have a bit of Sky Sports, watch a match and have a few points. And, and I suppose, like your, your usual trick, you always dish out the uh, the cocktail sauces and that just before they're about to leave and go and eat in some flash place. And, and, uh, that was always <laughs> Trevor's... Cocktail sauces and the egg bomb. <laughs> I tell <laughs> you, you're the, be, you're the best, best PR. Well, you'll have more now uh, because this will be going out to anybody that's going to France. Uh, so fair play visit Trevor. Probably, fair play yeah. But uh, I suppose, Trevor, just on the match, I mean, what we're getting, what we're hearing now, you know more about any uh, Irish person having lived in France and played over there for so long what we're hearing that you know this is a kind of a French team in disarray really I mean the public aren't behind them they've replaced like with like coaching wise they've got an inexperienced squad you know can they put it up to Ireland do you think? I suppose the big talk over here is just the way Gino Bez was laid off it wasn't that he resigned they just said that it was a a fault grabbing French that um, it was a professional fault from a coach which was kind of unheard of but it's kind of turned against Bernard Laporte and the French Federation because of the way they did it, did it because he had a contract up till after the next World Cup and it's just they, they wanted to get out without paying him his salary for the next two years. That's kind of been all the talk. All right, Jack Brunel, he's been there before as a coach. He was there in the early 2000, five or six years with Laporte, so he's no stranger to the French team. He'd be a bit old-fashioned, though, Brunel, wouldn't he, Trevor? Like, I mean, are they not... Uh, you know, where's the innovative thinkers? You know yourself, there's too many foreigners over in France now c- c- taking down key positions. He's playing a 90... What, a 19-year-old out-half first start? Mm, well, you look at Brian O'Driscoll when he scored his three tries back in 1999, 2000 yeah. <laughs> against France. He was only 19, so who's to say this young kid... You know, he scored some amazing tries if you look at, at Bordeaux for Bordeaux. Is he year. good? Um, he's brilliant. Like, he, he's, he, he is. He's got a great sidestep, great hands, great vision. Like, who, who would have said when, you know I mean, Warren Gatlin picked Brian Driscoll back in 1999-2000 yeah, that he'd true. go on to have the career that he had? Like, 
there's no real pressure on the French team against exactly. Ireland. Let's call a spade a spade. Like, I'd say Jack Burnell just going out and say, listen, lads, throw the kitchen sink at them. <laughs> exactly. As long as you don't get beat by 50 points, he says, yeah. we'd, be, we'd be safe enough. No criticise <laughs> because of the way, you know, the team's been taken over and stuff. Like, they've just had the, I think the, the, the coaches, they just took whoever was available. It wasn't really that they had the choice, you know, like a Joe Smith yeah, or a yeah, Baron yeah, Cotter. Yeah. Or, them guys just weren't available. So it's just, this is what they have to work with for, for this tournament anyway. Um, he brought in young players like Dupont has been playing yeah. brilliant for Toulouse um, but he has left a lot of big players out like Yohan Maestri like Louis Picamot um, you know there's there's some key players for a French team for the last five or six years who just aren't there like like Toulouse have always had a minimum of six or seven players now they only have one but that again is down to the results they've had in the French Championship and the European Cup we've got to go it's a short programme if you, if you put to the pin to the collar uh, an Irish win, do you think, by... I'd be predicting an Irish win by plus 20. Oh! Um, so you can all go down to Paddy Powers there now and run them up. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, <laughs> that's, that's what I'd well, be I reckon that's... Anyway, a, I, put, I put Ireland by, Ireland by 15 or more, so we'll take it from Trevor, then it's, we'll up at another five points. and, and uh, yeah. Trevor, yeah. good to cheers. see you. We'll see you great, soon. Great, thanks great again. To talk to you all. All right, cheers. <laughs> cheers, thanks, Trevor. Bye-bye. Now, Pat's panel covers three of the four provinces. I'm still missing an Ulster man. If we you need want, an Ulster we man. Do, we really do need well, an Ulster Well, given man. what's happening up there about coaches and everything uh, this week, you know, about Les Kiss and whatever, so, you know, it'd be great to hear an Ulster man's perspective of, uh, of things uh, Ulster and things Irish. In the meantime, off Pat's panel, representing Monster, Dr. Dave, PhD. What is your first impression of the team? I suppose, Pat, looking at the team, you know, a, a Joe team normally has one or two surprises. And I think they're good ones in that there's youth coming in into the second row, somewhere where we need to be strong. And I guess, you know, James, or James Ryan has really proved, proved himself to be uh, a real prospect at 21 years old. Going to Paris for, for a first Six Nation game is massive. Uh, I'm personally, from a Munster perspective, I'm delighted that Keith Earls has played so well uh, for Munster. It's tough to get into a, an Ireland backline at the moment with Leinster playing as well as they do. There's something there for everyone. I will have a small question mark about Rob Carney at full-back. Like he's, he's honest, reliable. Yeah, but you, you'd, rather see, you'd rather see Zebo. I would. Uh, <laughs> if I'm honest with you, Ireland, people will... You know, when you say this, I live in Dublin 4. I'm married, I'm married to Dublin 4. And when you say it to any of uh, brothers-in-laws or anybody else... There's nearly a hysterical reaction to his name, you know. You know, Larimore is mentioned and his tackling is mentioned. I don't really buy Joe's explanation, either saying that it's on form. I think they just don't, they don't really like each other. Is Bottom it? line is, you know, he is a contracted, centrally contracted IRFU player playing week in, week out for one of the four provinces from which the team is picked. And to turn around and say that he is not in the squad because Larimore is, and it's based on form, Larimore was never going to be picked for the trip to France. You hear it mentioned that things went on at Carton House between Joe and Simon. And whether that did or didn't, it's the only kind of weak link in, in an otherwise bulletproof armour that he has. He's such a good coach, such a good selector. He seems to have a bit of an Achilles heel about him. And uh, I think most people, most kids, would love to see him out there, you know. 
Yeah, see, this is not an issue that's confined to Irish rugby. Uh, you're going to get arguments from both sides. You're going to get arguments to say that while Simon Zebra was still playing for Munster, uh, why wasn't he eligible to play for Ireland? That would have applied in the Autumn Series. The way that Joe Schmidt is looking at it long-term is saying that if Simon Zebo isn't going to stay playing domestic rugby in Ireland as of next year with Racing, he probably doesn't select him. Why um, is that relevant now, though, Brent? <laughs> You're always in a state of, I suppose, transition or rotation as any selector. So, I mean, he's probably looking to the next World Cup, and it's where you come down the line. I, I'm firmly the believer, actually, that if you, you know, it doesn't matter where you play, if you're good enough and you can fit into the team, then you deserve to play for your country. So, I think that it shouldn't necessarily be that a bit like New Zealand suddenly come up with this convenient sabbatical that players could take Dan Carter, Richie McCaw, whatever mm. these these types of players at that level. Same as Johnny Six and could go away for a year and play in France and yet still be selected uh, for Ireland. So, I mean, that argument doesn't really wash. The argument with Simon Zebo probably is that, as far as Joe Schmidt is concerned, is that he has other options at fullback and he would prefer to have Simon Zebo playing his rugby in Ireland, in Munster, so that he could attend the training camps or they could keep an eye on him. So that's his argument coming from Joe Schmidt, and he's, you know, and, that, and that's the way that he's looking at it. Obviously, months the people probably look at it uh, differently and say, look, if you're good enough, you're in the team. Certainly Simon Zebo's ability, let's, let's get away from that, his ability as an X-Factor player. Yeah, I think that he would come into some serious consideration if he was, if he hadn't indicated he was going off to France. I mean, that's the acorn. It's, it's do you continue to select players that are playing based abroad... Or do you not? But he's and not based abroad now. I know, but he's going. He's going to be as of next season. So, well, uh, well, okay. Let, let's take the. Let's take another look at that. Yeah. Right, you're and right. Some, if there was a World Cup tomorrow, yeah, yeah, that you make a good point. If there was a World Cup tomorrow and he was still here playing, yes, Simon Zero should be considered. I'd agree with that. Six Nations, two Kiwis, the six at six with Pat Courtney and Brent Pope. With thanks to the all-new Honda Civic Diesel, exclusively on Radio Nova. And next on Pat's panel, can we have the representative from Connacht, please? Donica, you have a bee in your bonnet about Kieran O'Halloran. Kieran O'Halloran is playing great at the moment. Uh, I don't think Smith likes him. He doesn't seem to get a look in with Smith, even though he's playing out of his skin for Connacht. Like he's a kicker as well, at full back. It's a shame that he's not actually getting a run out. Like, he gets brought up to the camp, but he never actually features. He has had a couple of caps, but I think he, he actually he should deserve more. Yeah, it looks like we're, we're going to get here from your panel, Pat. There's is, an awful uh, lot of Joe Munster guys like being in, <laughs> Connacht guys being in. Look, uh, uh, both Doctor and uh, and they have a, have a, um, a serious point here. I mean, Tyrone O'Halloran has been for the last couple of years outstanding. In that sense, I suppose, Bundyaki is the token is the token Connacht guy in there. But I mean, Connacht, the way they're playing, probably would have reason to say, look, they'd like more players capped. It's just that this is such a strong Irish side at the moment. You know, it's 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 harder to get into than to get out of. And a guy like Dean and O'Halloran would be brilliant. And I'd say, you know, he would bring he would bring an extra counter attacking um play to the game but it's just that you know it's it's very difficult to break in and it's like the doctor said I mean even with Keith Earls being an outstanding form this year it's very very hard to break into this Irish backline like who do you drop out of necessity 
to bring a Halloween in. It would have to be Rob Carney, presumably, at fullback, but then you've got, you know, other players opting for that position as well, including what they say, Zebra, including Jordan Lama. You know, so it, it's a case of do you find uh, positions for the players or do these players warrant getting in there on absolute form? And while they're there or thereabouts or close to selection, I think that uh, Joe being the coach that he is, is always usually going to favour loyalty. So he's usually going to stick with the players that he knows uh, and that have done a job for him and rewarded him over the last few seasons. So unless there's a radical change or a loss, uh, surprise loss to France or surprise loss to Italy or Scotland or whatever, that this team is not going to change a lot in the first couple of games. Six Nations Rugby, the six at six. Pat Courtney here and Brent Pope. With the all-new <laughs> Honda Civic diesel, will I uh, get your request for well, you? Well, it's from an Australian, it's so I—I I, 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 <laughs> I know. Yeah, I shudder to think what the request is going to oh, be. But it's sure, children I'm be sure listening. it's a request that's been made by a lot of people in this country for me. Ah, <laughs> no, come on, oh, no. Sob, oh, sob. Jesus, <laughs> no, crocodile tears. It's not like you crocodile need to try, tears. Brent. Everybody, you know, debonair, dashing, well dressed, oh, you know, fit, rugby tired. So you know, make me sick. Do you know that? Anyway, Chris, the Australian, rescue me from this. What, what were you going to ask me? Listen, my question to you, do you remember Foot Rock Flats? I love Foot Rock Flats. And, the, you know, the cartoon? Great cartoon. Which, and, you know, it would actually work perfectly well here, too, as, as well as it did in New Zealand because of the farming side of things. What was that bloody song? You know that song, you know, do... Whop, whop. I was just wondering if you knew what it was because I'm going to Google it when I get home. Slice of Heaven. ba da da boom da 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 boom da da that's it, mate. That's it. Yeah, play it. And the uh, 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 foot rot was the dog, and Wall was the was the farmer. Was the was the dog called Foot Rot? I thought he was just called Dog. Oh, well, I think he was called do- Dog. There's a great cartoon I remember where he's standing over an electric fence, either side of it, in gum boots, and he's sinking in the mud, and the dog's looking, and you can see the tick tick is very getting very close to his groin, and the dog saying. What would Lassie do in this situation? <laughs> in this situation, but that movie was was brilliant, and it spurned two hits. One of them was no, 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 as you say, and the other one was "Oughtn't You Be in Love" or something. It was great. It was a, a, Dave Dobbin, Dee Dee Smash, Dave uh, Dobbin, those songs. Yeah. Dave Dobbin, Slice of Heaven, on Nova. <laughs> Six Nations, two Kiwis. You're listening to the Six at Six special podcast with Pat Courtney and Brent Pope. With thanks to Honda, power of dreams. Exclusively on Radio Nova.